Amen. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we sit and we sing and stand and sing Alleluia to you, God, I think of the church, the church globally. This morning, all over the world, people were singing Alleluia to you, God. Lord, uh, our friends in, in India were singing Alleluia. Our friends in Israel were singing Alleluia. And in China, God, in Taiwan, Australia, all over the world, Lord, your church sings glory to your name. And this morning, God, we get to participate in that too. We know, Lord, that you are vast, you are mighty, you are supreme, and you, you are ruler over all, and, and to you be the glory. And this morning, God, as we worship you here, as we, we go to you here, God, we know that your church is vast and people seek you just as we seek you. And so, God, we are, we are drawn to you just like our brothers and sisters. And we pray that today, here in Peoria, Lord, that you would just touch our hearts, mold us, shape us, just as you held those brothers and sisters in Russia. You held them as they worshiped and they worship now. And so, God, we pray as your church, we pray that you would speak to us as we open your word, that you would reveal to us, God, our brothers and sisters in Africa, Lord, we just thank you for them and what they're doing. God, we just pray that we would, we would rejoice with them as we open your word. Our brothers and sisters in South America, that we would rejoice and we would, we would feel your presence just as they do, God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you. We look forward to what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. Sit down, please. Good morning. Oh, that, that, that was Micah, and uh, we are blessed to have him. Yeah. Of course, we can't forget Michelle and... We, can, we got a great worship team here, you know. We love these guys. This is wonderful. Wonderful worship. Thank you, both Riley and Masato. You know, uh, we're, we're embarking on a new series today. It's called Seven Truths. And I was, I was just kind of thinking about truth. Uh, it's been on my brain because I think a lot of people have their own ideas of truth these days. You know, they have their ideas of God and what that looks like. Some people have a, a, an idea of truth and, and then your idea can be different from their idea. Or we go to a church and somebody might have an idea and then they, they twist it around so what it, it fits their agenda. I, I think of the two young boys, you know, siblings, and, and the older one goes to his little brother and he says, hey, I'll give you a dollar if you, can, if you let me crush three eggs on your head. And the little guy says, a buck? It was a lot of money back in my day. And so, so I said no. So he said, okay. And, and he goes, all right, I'll do it. And so he cracks the first egg and it oozes down his head. And he's feeling it. And the second one comes and it oozes down his head. And he's just waiting. He's waiting for that third one. And the third one's not coming. And he opens his eye and he goes, where's number three? And he goes, number three is going to cost me a buck. It ain't happening. Let it sink in. Okay. You know, we use truth to our advantage just to a point, right? Some people like to twist truth and, and to get it to, to fit what they desire. And that happens in the church and it happens in the culture. And we see the idea that now a truth is relative today. You know, truth is like whatever you want it to be. Your truth is okay. Your truth is okay. And what do we have? We have a culture that has gone absentee of reason. 
We have, we have a church that is, that is just malleable to whatever you want it to be. And, and we have to start rethinking how we approach this wonderful topic of truth because we're going to be addressing some serious ones. But I, I'm going to challenge you today because I think all of us ha- must make a choice regarding what we believe. And church, today you'll see the title is The Choice to Believe Truth. Now, what truth is, is is we are going to unpack it, and we're going to unpack God's truth. Now, you can reject God's truth, or you can embrace it. You can say, I want my truth. I don't care about your truth. And you know what? What are you going to come up with in the end? You. And that's where your foundation's going to be, on you. And if anybody knows themselves, they know they're flawed. They know that their idea of truth is is just as wishy-washy as the next person. But the reality is if we grab hold of this wonderful truth, we are gonna, we're gonna see wonderful consequences in our lives and I believe in our culture. But if the church keeps rejecting and only compromising their truth, we're gonna see compromises as well. We're gonna see problems even more so. Last week during Easter, I shared with you a verse many of you hadn't heard of. It's called John 3.16. And I wanna read it to you because there's a wonderful truth in this verse. And, and you'll see there's consequences in it, and you'll see a choice. See, the truth is that God loves you. It says, for God so loved the world. That means he loves everybody in the world. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter your sin nature. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. He loves everyone. That's why he did this, that he sent his only begotten son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so God loves the world so much. That's the truth. What did he do? He sent his son and he says, you get to choose. Do you choose my son or do you not? Do you choose who he is and what he is or not? That's why he says, whoever and he had to give a choice because he loves us that much. And I, I shared last week with you as well that love is not love if it is forced. It can only be love if there is a real choice. And so here we have God offering the truth of his love and the opportunity for eternal life and to follow his truth. And the choice is ours to make. The choice is for all humanity to make. But many, as we know, reject. And why do they reject? And I'm gonna look at Romans now. And in Romans chapter one, verse 18, Paul writes this. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and, uh, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You see, when that word suppress, so that means they have it. They know the truth. Kateho is this word suppress, and what does that mean? It means to restrain, to halt progression. And so what did man do? They suppressed it in what? In their unrighteousness, in what they deem they want to do. And so they say, no longer will I progress with God. What are they progressing in? in their sinful nature, in their unrighteous acts, in their unrighteous deeds. And what is an unrighteous deed? Rejecting Jesus, rejecting truth. He, man, had truth. 
and he suppressed it. They suppressed it, just like all of us at one time had suppressed the truth. Now, a Christian, what do we do? We now, what? We suppress, we kateho unrighteousness, and we want to live with righteousness. And, and so this is what we do, but man, the culture, all the way since Adam and Eve, they reject righteousness. Look what it says here. I'm going to drop down a few verses. It says, therefore, in verse 24, God gave them over to their lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. You see, man had truth. Those people in the world had truth. They have the opportunity for truth and they reject it and that is our decision each day we must understand that we have to reject what unrighteousness and embrace righteousness and each day the other, the, the non-believers reject and i tell you every time that you reject when you suppress god's truth it gets further and further away quieter and quieter this is why I strongly suggest a Christian, when you dabble in sin, quickly repent. Because the moment you start dabbling in sin and you go further down that road, you're gonna get further away and that suppression of God's righteousness is gonna get further and further and further deep away from you. And you're gonna, you're gonna be, where are you at? That's what's dangerous. And then you, you'll be down the road. You'll be living a lifestyle that you don't know where you were and you were, you were, what happened. And then you'll question, was I ever saved? That's what the problem is. A lot of people, they don't realize it. And you see the culture. You see the culture where they're at today. We see people are just not acting smart these days. We see the, the choices. It doesn't make any sense. It's mind-blowing, right? And why is that? Because I'll tell you this, if, if salvation is true, which I believe it is because I have experienced it personally, I've experienced life change. If, if salvation is the reality and man willingly suppresses that idea and they get away from it, the world that they're living in, they're, they aren't reasonably, they, they, can't, they can't cope. They can't cope because what are they doing? Well, they're, they're in a condition, a state of, of a constant fear of not understanding the future. You know, hey, death, what comes next? Fear. Do we see fear ruling the culture these days? We see fear infiltrating in. And then we, what do we see with that? We see an insecurity of people. Am I, am I adequate? And they don't find their security because they don't have identity with God. And so they don't know what to do. And so they're, they're grasping at straws. They see loneliness. We see that completely throughout the culture. They, we, with this fear, with this loneliness, with an insecurity, the uncertainty of things. And so what do you do? You drown yourself with things. You drown yourself with things to occupy your time, your brain. You drown yourself with, with different substances. And we see that the culture literally is going insane because that would drive anybody insane to live in that constant state. And so we see insanity running amok in our lives. And I'll tell you, it all starts up here with your choice. And there's consequences to this choice. As it says in Proverbs, 
For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So you start thinking this way. Okay, there it is. How many people said that? You know, my identity, so I think it, so it's true. See? And man starts down that path. They start going to those dark places. And that is where we have to understand, church, we've got to rethink this because so often the church culture, especially now we see in the Western church, is, is we have compromised, we have invited the truths of the world into the church, and we think we can get along with that. And we can work through that. And I tell you, that's not the case. There's either a truth or there's not. We'll talk more about that next week. And the, the reality is, is we have to understand, hey, what is truth and what are we grabbing hold of? So I'm gonna challenge you through this whole series is we must change our thinking towards God and life. Because right now, we have brought in the baggage of the world and we are not living as the Christian church should on our truth. And that's on us. So I'm gonna challenge you today. The first one I want you to know, this is not politically correct, but it's an easy one to understand, is this. You are responsible for what you do. What? I mean, is that earth shattering or what? Some people are like, whoa, where did that come from? See, what do we do in our culture? We blame. We blame our circumstances. We bring our upbringing. We bring, we bring the milkman. We, anybody, you know, what, what, what can we do? We, and, and yeah, there's factors in our lives, but the reality is, is you make choices. Let, let, let me show you. Let me show you the choice. How many people got up today? Yeah. Well done, people. Glad. All right. We are responsible for our choices. You are. You can blame all you want. I failed a class. I know it was my doing, right? You're going, really? Yeah, we won't talk about that. But I have issues my issues, and I have consequences to the choices I make. Let me share with you. I'm gonna to go to Galatians chapter six. Look at verse seven. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. What does that tell you? Well, it's an agricultural term. For young people, a lot of people are going sowing. We're just thinking needlework. Sowing is when you go out into a field and you plant seeds, you get a crop. And so, like you know, I have a garden. And so Laura and I, we were sowing some asparagus. We were planting asparagus seeds. So we thought. And you know what? We got one asparagus and some other things. We don't know what they are. We meant to sow a specific seed, right? And so you do, you sow a seed and then it grows. And so what you sow, what you do, is your decision, and you get the byproduct. So if you're a moody person, you decide to be a moody person, that's who you're going to get. And people are going to be annoyed with you. You're a bossy person, you want things your way, and you tell everybody, people won't like you. Yeah. You're full of gentleness, kindness. People will gravitate to you. You're a person of high integrity and a strong work ethic. You will go far. You're a person that, that exudes, oh, the love of God. People will say there's something different about her. See, that's the beauty of it. The same thing goes, you reap corruption. That's what you're gonna get. We see it in our culture. 
We see it in our schools. We see it everywhere. And the reality is, is ours is something to grab hold of. This, this is a truth that we must hold on to. And men, we, 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 we look at the, the science of God or, and the science of men. I say science because God, he knows things. Man doesn't know. I was talking to a sister in Christ today. And she said, she goes, I, you know, I'm constantly reminding myself that doctors are only practicing medicine. I mean, think about it. We are still learning. They don't know everything. And they are practicing because they don't have it down yet. That means they, a lot of those practicers, you know, we got we to gotta trust a little bit less. Because I'll tell you this, is understand, man can either sow corruption and wisdom of man or wisdom of God. Now, I'm saying a general statement about wisdom of men, okay? I understand, you know, we like the doctors. I love, there's, a, there's some pretty smart doctors out there, so like, if I need heart surgery, I'm thankful that they're still using reason and not saying, I believe your heart is in your knee. They still use that common sense. But and generally speaking, when we think of corruption, we know that's bad, but the wisdom of man is flawed when it is absent of God. Let me give you an example. We have trouble today defining what a woman is. Whoa, wisdom of man has gone out the window. I know, but the culture doesn't. See, the wisdom of man devoid of God, we've got to watch that. See, wisdom of man cannot override the wisdom of God. It goes hand in hand. And that's where we have to grab hold of and make sure that we are not running away from. That's why you have to grab your truth. Because I'll tell you, outside of God, there is no absolutes. It's just your absolute. And your absolute's gonna change. There are no absolutes outside of God. The next one I'm gonna build on real quick is that I want you to understand that you're responsible for your spirituality. Whether saved or unsaved, whether you progress, if you're gonna go kateho and suppress the righteousness of God or suppress the unrighteousness, you have the choice. Your spirituality. Each man, each woman, as it says in Galatians, it says, for the one who sows of his own flesh from, his, from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So we see, if you go out your own merry way, you're gonna get that, the flesh. But if you go after God's way, you get the spirit. You get eternal life. Now, many Christians, they have gone down the path and they've, they've taken steps of baptism and I've seen that. And, and then over time, they just revert back to their old ways. And then soon, as I shared earlier, they wonder, were they truly saved or was that just an act? That's why I said we, we must progress in our spirituality, in our relationship with God. Because if you're not progressing, what are you doing? You're regressing. That's where we have to guard ourselves from. And we have to make sure that we are men and women that seek him out and go after it. I think, I think a lot of us, we have a mixed idea of salvation that has crept into the church. We like grace, and we think we just come as we are, and we do come as we are. But when we come to Jesus, we come vulnerable 
And without stipulation, we come to Jesus. When I was 15, I came to Jesus and I, I stood there and I, my heart was beating and I just, I was like, I'm all in. I don't know what it takes. Bring it on, God. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm yours. This is it. I was complete surrender. And it was vulnerable before God. And you know what? I got saved. But as I grew, I discovered new sins. Who knew? And I went, wow, those are a lot of fun. But God said, no, that's not where I want you to go. And I had to, what, willingly step away from those things. And sometimes I went forward in those and God reprimanded me, right? And when we come to God, we come on his terms and not ours. And so maybe you're coming as an older person to God. And I see this a lot. People come with conditions going, I want it all, God, except I want my lifestyle still. I still want my agenda. See, we come with that. And I tell you, I want you to hold on to this. Is a person who comes to God with conditions cannot be saved. Because that's not repentance. You're not saying, I'm all in. You're going to struggle. But we come to God fully naked, all open to him. We want you, and I don't want my old life. That's what we're saying. And that's when we're willing to put it all on the line. That's what Jesus wants. And I'll tell you, there's this word that I want you to grab hold of today. It's called volitional responsibility. You know what that means? It's a very clear term. It means you have the power to determine your will. You do. You say, okay, I'm gonna step away from my sin. I don't think I can, but I'm gonna trust God in that. You have the power to say, in my will, I'm going to do it. Now, God gives you the grace to overcome. Grace is the ability to do what you cannot do on your own. And he helps you in that. He might bring people into your life, counselors. Maybe it's a rehab center. We don't know. But we also know that God brings what we can't do. That's called the power of God, the Holy Spirit living within you. But you must choose. It's on you. That's everyone's choice. And so we have to choose about our spirituality. We have to choose about our lives going, I'm going to take responsibility. But not only that, God gives you opportunity. God gives you opportunity to follow his truth. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets the opportunity to follow his truth. And Christian, you have to decide constantly to continue on that path. It's hard. Christianity is not an easy thing. A lot of people think, oh, it's just great. You have help with the Holy Spirit, but you've got a world that is coming against you and it's gonna get harder and it's gonna get more difficult. But once you start compromising in that, it's gonna get even worse. You're gonna become weaker. And so we have to understand that we each have opportunity to choose God. Man's not getting out of this. Let, let me remind you of a scripture. I'm gonna go to, go to um, one of these ones here. Where am I at? <laughs> I'm gonna go to John, okay? And in John chapter 16, it says very plainly, it says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus. For if I do not go away, the helper who is the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I go, I will send him to you. And he, will, he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
You see, the Holy Spirit, when he comes into the world, when he came, what did the world experience? They realized something. They realize that their sin, their sin is they're against God. They are rejecting Jesus. That is the truth. Then what do we see else? Righteousness. They realize that they are unrighteous person. That's why they're seeking righteousness in, I don't know, climate change. Or I don't know, save the whales. You pick a cause. They're seeking righteousness inside themselves. They're seeking righteousness somewhere else. They know that they lack. And they know that they're going to be under judgment. And they're already judged. They know those things. The Holy Spirit's there to convict the world. You want to know, Christian, why they don't like you? Because you remind them of that. You remind them of righteousness. You remind them of sin. You remind them of judgment. But the sad thing is, is many Christians don't because you have suppressed the truth. And that is where you've bought into the culture. You bought in and said, I can have it all and I'm not gonna live righteously. We have to choose because we have opportunity to share it with other people. We have opportunity to show them this great truth. And they know it. We get it. And that's the beauty. But church, I want you to know this. My final point today is your mind determines your choice to follow God. See, that's why I started out the same way, is you have that choice. You get to choose up here. Each day you decide, as I shared earlier, you get up in the morning. You get to say, hey, am I gonna bathe today? I don't know. Please do. You get to choose. Every day you decide how you're going to respond to people and your choice is you get that opportunity to choose to follow God. Every moment you must make that decision as you go forward. And it becomes easier the more you do choose God. I guarantee that. The less you do, you're suppressing and you're getting further away from God just like the culture did. And we see it in Romans chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 28, as it says. It says, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. You see that? See, they acknowledged. They knew there's a God. There's, they know that. That's why we understand that. And they do too. But I don't want it. That's why you can see so often, you see a, a church kid, you know, that goes to church their whole lives and then they reject God, going, I don't want it any longer. See, God gave them opportunity to choose to follow them and a lot of them reject. And then you see somebody that, that you know what, they only heard the gospel one time and they repented and they want it. See, God knows what everybody needs. He gives everybody the opportunity and now he gives us this choice to follow him and everyone must take it because look at the, by, the byproduct. God gave them over to their depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. That's a reprobate mind. That's a corrupt mind. It's a mind that goes against what God desires it's a mind that is disapproved to god reprobate that's where the culture is it's 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 a worthless mind to god do you understand that you can read in titus when when the people they can say all the things they want with god and they say all the nice things but their lifestyle does not live it that's a reprobate mind 
disapproved to God. Many people come to church, they give lip service to God, they go back and they live their own godly, ungodly lives. And that's a sad place to be. But that's where the culture is today. That's why we see reason out the window. That's why we see common sense is gone. That's why we see things that doesn't make sense to people. Why would you let a child decide their sexual outcome now? And not, you know, they can't even vote. I mean, we, we, we let them do things. It's just like insanity. You know, in Washington State, they want to be able to take your child away from you if you don't agree to a sex change operation for them. I mean, come on. Where, where is our culture gone? A reprobate mind, a disapproved mind. This is where we stand today in our culture. And I tell you, this is where the church teeters. Because many in the, in the church does not believe truth, only have truths. I'll, I'll let you crack a couple of eggs on me, but once it starts costing, uh-uh. See, we have to make a choice. So what's the antidote? It's clear. It's not hiding. It's right in front of us. As we see in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. As a workman, there's an agricultural term, a workman, there it is again, who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. God doesn't try to hide anything. We, we have to understand, if we want to sow rightly, you've got to be somebody that is accurately involved and you are in the soil of the word of God. And that is what you're going to get, is you're going to get this on the brain and your brain's going to decide what you believe and you'll see that it comes from here. It comes from God's living word. Understand, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible. It, the, the Bible is God's thoughts. Wow. I mean, that's, that's an earth-shattering statement, that this is God. You want to know what God's thinking? Boom. You've got that connection. And it's your choice to make. I, I'm amazed, you know, if you want to do a comparison. I mean, you people with smartphones, you can get out your smartphone and you can see the activity log on your smartphone. If you don't know how to do it, just ask a teenager, they'll set you up. <laughs> and you get, you get in that smartphone and it tells you how much time you spent on social media, how much time you did surfing like shopping, how much time you did that, and you'll see this and you just go, wow, I spent three hours on that. And yet, how much on this? I mean, I, li I like to exercise and work out, you know. And, and they say, you know what, you're, you're not going to see any progression by one hour a week in the gym. The same thing goes for the church. You're not going to get any growth. You're going to be a puny Christian if you're only lifting this on Sunday mornings. You're going to have to get into it. You're going to have to get stronger. And church, we have to. The culture needs us. It's going off rails. And the church will follow unless we make a choice. 
So I challenge you, as we go through this series, is we're gonna be looking at these truths. And one of them, next week, we're talking about judgment, revelation stuff. And this is truth. And you've got to decide. And i got to say, who are you going to follow? I, I, think, I think of this one passage I want to share with you before we close here. Israel, they like to follow other gods. Israel, God's chosen nation. They worship Baal, okay? And they, they loved it because everybody in the land was worshiping Baal. And Baal's a fun god. You can sacrifice your children to it. We sacrifice our children today to the culture. We sacrifice ourselves, we give it over, and we follow the false gods. Oh, we come to church, but we're all involved in saying, oh, I have to be nice to the culture. Where in the word of God does it say that? We love in truth. And Israel had to come to terms, and so Elijah, he's talking to him, and he says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And so church, and the people did not answer him a word. It tells me Israel was a little bit hesitant. That's a stiff call. And that's a call each person must make. If you're going to follow God, do it. If not, the culture's there. So I challenge you, whose truth will you follow? Let's pray. Lord God, I pray for this church. I pray, God, for my family. I pray, God, for those all around the world that Christians would choose your truth, God. And God, we need your help. We cannot do this alone, and so we need your guidance with your Holy Spirit. We need your guidance with your word. And God, with that conviction. And so we invite it, Lord. We invite it. And I pray for this church that we would live for you, that we would show the world truth, in our actions, in our words. God, let us exhibit it. Lord, let us be lights to a world that so desperately needs you. God, we know people in our lives that don't know you and they don't believe a thing we believe. But God, we pray for opportunity that they would see you. God, we love you. You've given us the ability to love others even when they're not lovable. So God, help us as we go as a church. Help us to choose your truth. We ask this in our Savior and Lord, in your Son's name, amen.